0: Thank you so much for joining us for this message. Whether you're watching for the first time or you're simply catching up on a message that you missed, we're so glad that you are connecting to God's word today. Our hope is that as you listen to the message, you'll experience a real encounter with God. Please consider giving financially to support God's work through our ministry. You will find several options to do that by clicking on the word give in the menu on our website at KentwoodCommunityChurch.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. Amen. Would you stand with me out of respect for God's word? If you're newer to KCC, I'm gonna ask you to connect and repeat with Pastor Ronson. We're in Acts chapter two. We're gonna read verses 42 to 47. I will read the first verse and then you will follow back and forth. Hear the word of the Lord. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and sharing in meals, including the Lord's supper and to prayer. Verse 43. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. Verse 45. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared, in their, shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Verse 47. All while the praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let's pray. And I'm asking today, Lord, that the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts, would be pleasing in your sight. And as the prophet Samuel prayed long ago, we pray now, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And all God's people said, Amen. amen. You can have a seat. Thank you, Pastor Ronson. Well, last Sunday was a good Sunday. I'll say that again. Last Sunday was a good Sunday, was it not? Is it, possible, is it possible to have a hangover on, uh, on a Resurrection Sunday? I mean, I feel like I was having this repercussion all week long. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I think that's the good kind of hangover, if you know what I'm saying, right? And so I was all excited to be with you today because I believe that God is doing something new. The second thing I would say to you, I don't believe that God wants to do a a one and done. I believe he wants to continue to do more than we could ever dream, ask, or imagine. Anybody else with me as I relate to that? Amen. And so Pastor Debbie, two weeks before Palm Sunday and Easter, started a series, Why Do Church? We're going to continue that today, and I'm going to look at why we do church. And the theme is basically this, community. Community. Now let me just say this. We were already struggling with community long before the last two years or three years struck. And all the last two or three years did with all of this stuff exasperated what was already there. And it's moved us to places that was really unhealthy to us. The lies continue to scream at us. Those lies are the following. We don't need the church. (laughs) The church is outdated and irrelevant. The church only wants your money. The church is abusive. Well, let me answer this question. Who is the church? The church is not a building. Uh, the church is not brick and mortar. The church is you, and the church is me. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are the church. And if you don't like the church, what you're saying is you don't like you, and you don't like the church. And we need to understand that is who we are. We're a bunch of people coming like a, an emergency room together with all of our stories and all of our narratives. Some of us broken more than others, coming at the foot of Jesus and allowing him to transform and change us. Can I get an amen? Amen. Second question is, what's the purpose of the church? Why are we still here? Did you ever ask that question? It's very simple from the word of God. We're still here to finish the mission. That's why we're here, to go to all the nations and preach the gospel that all people have an opportunity. And Jesus said, and once all nations have opportunity to hear, then the end will come. So the purpose of the church is to finish the mission. The purpose of the church is not as it relates to that. It has other items that we get to worship him like today. How desperate did you come in today? Remember several weeks ago, I preached on that. Do you come into worship with desperation? Do you come into worship with expectation? It changes everything. Do you come in early to pray? Do you come expecting to hear from God? Even in your brokenness, even in your struggle, come and say, Lord, I want to experience you and then we're able to love one another. We haven't done such a good job at that, but that's the purpose of the church, but we're also to be the hands and feet of him. And yet what we have done over the last 20, 25 years is we've created a culture in our own country of consumers. And you all understand what consumers is. You get to pick and choose what you like and what you don't like. And if a product or a place doesn't provide what you want, you just move on to the next product or place. And when we have a church that is completely built on consumerism, we're in trouble. And preaching, actually, that we would feel good. I'll be so bold to say, since I've been here two and a half years, there have been many people that have left simply because they said, we don't really like your preaching. My response to that is, I know that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. That's totally okay. Praise God for a church that's big enough that you can find a place that can engage you. But one thing you can't argue with is that I'm going to give you the truth whether you like it or not before our God, amen? And so we need to understand that we're about feeling good or how the church can serve me. That is so messed up. It's so messed up that that's what we think the church is. That I can be served and that I can feel good. No, 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 no. You are at the church to be ministered to but you're also to be at the church to be equipped to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Does this make sense to anybody? And not until we get that will we truly understand what we're talking about. I'm convinced we live in a moment that we've never lived in before. A moment that you and I will make a decision whether we are gonna be in the community or whether we're not. Uh, Whether we're gonna draw the line in the sand and say, you know what, I'm truly going to be engaged because we made church just another option, just another uh, line item in our checklist. Do you know, specifically speaking, in America today, that the average church attender attends church, catch this, once every six weeks, do your math, how many times a year are you in church? I would say that that is a struggle as it relates to where we're going as a church. And the reason why I say that is Jesus warned us in Matthew chapter 24 that we are at the beginning of birth pains, birth pains. And if we're not together, standing by ourselves is gonna be really, really challenging. Are we desperate enough? Are we coming with an expectation that God can meet us? I gotta to confess to you, I have spoken on community more times than probably any other subject on a platform. I've, sp- I've spoke about community in my two and, a half times, two and a half years here many, many times. But today I'm going to approach it a different way. I only have two points, isn't that exciting? I'm going to actually do something I've never done before. I'm going to address why we don't do community. And then I'm going to address obviously the why it's good to be in community. Because I am convinced that not everybody who's listening to my voice, whether you're online or whether you are in the house, we don't fully believe that we need community. Even though the Bible says, not McVeach, the Bible. Isn't that okay if I go to the Bible? Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Do not let us give up on meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see what? The day of Christ approaching, the birth, the pains of birth that Jesus was talking about in the end days. So let me jump into it, if I may, why I choose community. But my first point is simply this. Many have chosen to walk away from the church. We know that to be true. The mass exodus is evident before our very eyes. And it's not just the mass exodus of people. Sadly enough, we have a mass exodus of actual preachers. We don't have enough preachers to fill pulpits today. It is like we have never seen in the history of our country. what Many have walked away from the church. And if you ask them if they still love Jesus, they would say, absolutely. But for whatever reason, they are no longer engaged with the church. And what they typically will say, I don't want organized religion, you ever heard that? I wanna give you three reasons why we've walked away from the church. See, I, I, I snuck some three points into two points. Every pastor's got three points. I believe there are three reasons why we have the great departure. The loss of time, the loss of truth, and the loss of trust. The loss of time, truth, and trust is why many people are walking away from the church. Let me dive into these. Uh, Time, the loss of time, it's the greatest gift that we all know that we are granted every single day, right? But we get the freedom of how we're going to deal with it and how we're going to use it. You have to only look in your last week to know what is the most important thing in your life. Look at your past week and look at where you spend the most amount of your time. That will tell you what is your priority. You see, the problem of the loss of time is that we've, be, we've actually prioritized ourselves in the wrong way. Number two, we become overcomplicated in our life. We're gonna have to simplify our lives. We're gonna have to say no to certain things because the myth that more is better will always, at the end of the road, mess you up because more is not better. Never has been, never will be go to another nation who is not first world, who doesn't have all that we have, you will find people that live more simply, actually less stressed out than you. What you need to understand is that we need to get back and truly decide what is most important in our lives. Only you and God know that. James chapter four, I think verse 14 says, our life is a mist that's here today and gone tomorrow. I learned a lot from my wife when she was working hospice in Detroit, going house to house for the dying. She said, you know, at the end of someone's life, they never start talking about all that they've acquired. They never talk about the titles and the accomplishments, or how much money they have, or how fancy their houses are all, the car that they have. They only talk about two things. They talk about uh, themselves and who they were in their life, and the relationships that they have. Those two things. And we need to make a choice today. Are we going to simplify our life? Are we gonna prioritize our time? If not, we're gonna to continue to see the loss of time that we simply will never choose to be engaged with community. The second thing that I would say to you is this, we have loss of truth. Yes, truth is under attack like never before. Second Timothy four, five says there is a time coming. Now may I edit it? There is a time that has come. Not arriving, there's a time that has come when they will no longer endure sound doctrine. By having itching ears, they will surround themselves with teachers to suit their own desires. We see a mass exodus of the church and community simply because people no longer want the truth. Second Thessalonians chapter two verses one to 12 declares to us clearly that in the last days there's gonna be theologically what we call the great apostasy. That's a fancy word to say people walking away from Jesus. And we're seeing that today, are we not? And when we see people walking away from truth, walking away from Jesus, we're gonna see the lack of community. And second Peter chapter three tells us that in the last days they will not only walk away, but catch this and it's happening they will mock the return of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, like in the days of Noah, they will mock that you are a wacko to believe that you believe that this Jesus is coming back. Clearly put, this lack of truth is, is destroying the community of the church. Here's what's happening, and I've said it to some of you. The compromised church is only growing in our country. Doesn't mean it's got a lot of people, but churches themselves are compromising, and it is growing at this fast, supersonic rate. The biblical church is less and less and less. In most parts of the country, when you have a compromised church in places like China and places like Russia, it's called the state church. In other words, they get the blessing of the government and if they say what the government um, tells them to say, they get the blessing of the government. But I'm here to make a declaration to you that the, the biblical church will never totally align with any government. Never has, never will and there's a time coming where we're seeing that in our own country, where we are now trying to figure it out. Preaching what people want to hear, not what they need. I'm here to declare to you today that my biggest surprise about the Compromised Church is that I thought it was always gonna be them. I did not know it was gonna be my friends. I didn't know it was gonna be in my family. Completely shocked. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? We need a biblical church, do we not? We're seeing people walk away from community because of loss of time. We're seeing people walk away from community because of lack of um, loss of truth. I want to hone in on the third one. We're seeing the lack of community because of loss of trust. That trust is the hurt you've experienced. Many of you, if you've been in church long enough, you've experienced what we call church hurt. Somebody has, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hurt you deeply. They've talked about you. They've said things about you. They've used their own deceptive things to get their way. You've seen when church is good, it's amazing. But if you've been in church long enough, you've seen when church is bad, it is horrific, It's hell on earth. Here's what I know to be true, and as I prayed for you today, the vast majority of you in this place, and for sure the vast majority of you online, you've been hurt to such an extent that you no longer engage fully. There are two kinds of groups. There's the group that says, I don't want anything to do with the church, and those people can't even hear me now, right? The rest of you, you're kind of in a quasi-state of hurt. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for your hurt. I'm sorry for what has happened to you. It was never meant from Jesus to come from Jesus. But mankind has this ability to hurt, even in the church. And here's what I know the devil is doing to us. The devil is keeping this thing called hurt, hurt in general in our lives, or hurt in the specific church to do this. Number one, to create a stronghold in our lives. Some of you, you attend on Sunday. But if if I were to hear your story, you would say to me, oh pastor, back in the day, I used to do such and such. But I no longer do that. I'm content with just attending church because I don't wanna go back to that hurt and that pain. That is the devil's attempt to keep the church from being truly the church. Some of your hurts are so far back, we're talking 10, 15, 20, 25 years ago. And the devil's created a stronghold. What's a stronghold? That means you can't no longer be able to be freed from it. And some of you, you've so far uh, suppressed it, you don't even know that it's a stronghold. But the church struggles today simply because it's not all of us engaging in what we're supposed to engage with. If you believe in Jesus, you have gifts, talents, and skills that the church needs and that God wants to use through you. And he's keeping everybody at arm lengths the distance. Volunteerism is at a rate that churches can't get anybody to do anything. I don't think it's just time, and I don't think it's just truth. I think the big thing is called hurt. I'm not going back there, Pastor. It's called self-preservation. I can't go there, I'm just gonna go enough. And, And maybe it's not been in church, maybe it's been in your life. You didn't ask to be abused. You didn't ask to have somebody mess you over. And here you experience all this, and you're like, I'm not gonna trust them. I'm gonna stay like this with everybody. Today is your day. Today I have prayed that today that hurt, whether it's in the church or outside the church, that God would grant you. And even if you're online from your place, where you're watching and you're not here today because of the hurt you've experienced, that today is your day to be freed from this. I have prayed that you would have the courage and the ability, enough is enough. Jesus tells us that we can bind and we can loose in his name, does anybody know what I'm talking about? And so today is the day where we are going to shout in the face of the enemy, and we're gonna say, we bind this thing called church hurt, whatever it looks like for you, and say, it is bound in Jesus' name, enough is enough, and we release peace and love and the ability to trust once again, in Jesus' name. Anybody hear what I'm talking about today? (laughs) Peter Scazzaro gives us three things that I think is critical for us to understand. And it's not gonna give you, spiritualize it. Number one, we gotta, if you're in hurt right now, and you've been for a long time, number one, you gotta pay attention to the pain. You can't ignore it can't act like it's not there. Denying and ignoring only pushes it under the rug and you still, you move and you take that into every other relationship and you don't know why you act so weird. The Bible's full of pain, did you not know that? The Hebrews back in Esther's day expressed their lament. Even God in Genesis 6-6, he lamented in Noah's day. Job, He was in pain, anguish, angry, suicidal, and depressed. From Genesis to Revelation, scripture tells us that we must be able to engage the hurt if we do not pay attention to the pain, my friends. We will grow hard, cynical, distant and aloof, it's everywhere in the church, and avoid engagement. So I ask you, what is your pain? What are you struggling with, whether in the church or outside the church? I know in my own life, the deepest pain I ever happened was in community, the Christian brother. My wife and I went overseas, as you've heard me say a thousand times, with five families, four other families, excuse me. We can't, and the thing about that we do, I couldn't do there. I had to pay attention to the pain, because here we were in this little place where we, we were the only ones that could speak our own language. In America, when you have pain, you just run and avoid. And in that, without going into details, my leadership was questioned. My choices as a leader were questioned. And even at times, my character was questioned. And I would get beat up emotionally week in and week out, which my wife, who rarely shows any emotion, I remember once being in a car when she was just fed up of the pain she watched me go through. And it wasn't just the pain that I went through in this Christian community, my friends. Do you know what was worse for me? Can I be honest with you? Well, I'm always honest with you. I didn't like the way I responded. I didn't like what I was doing. I didn't like my attitude. I, didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't recognizing, I wasn't acknowledging Jesus. I was ready to fight back. We have to first acknowledge that pain, but then The second thing that Peter says is we need to wait in the confusing in between. Anybody like to wait in pain? Not a one of us, not a one of us. If I can get out of it, I'm gonna get out of it. But God has this thing that he's got in his timetable. In other words, you first acknowledge it, but then you set in the in between because there's gonna be an end to it but he wants to do what he needs to do in that waiting moment, but really, we don't like to wait. We wanna microwave, get it done, take a pill, drink a a drink, or read a book, go to a psychologist, do something, but get rid of it. And I'm not saying those things are not important. What I'm saying is if that's all you depend upon, he's trying to avoid what God is allowing for. He isn't causing it, but he's wanting to do something in you. What he's doing with all this, we need to understand, we have to wait. The Bible, again, is full of waiting. Noah waited for what? The rain, can you imagine? Abraham and Sarah waited for a child. Joseph waited for deliverance. Moses waited in the desert for 40 years. Hannah waited for a son. Job obviously waited for deliverance. And the disciples waited for three days. Waiting is a part of this. And what's God up to in the middle of this hurt and this pain? He's simply about something and he's about uprooting our selfishness, our pride, how he can change us in the middle of it. And even though I didn't like what I saw in me in that moment, in that history of my life, I went back to the foot of the cross and God started doing something in me and I stopped blaming them. I was the one that was changed as a result, not the situation. We want the situation to change. Sometimes God allows it, use the situation to change us, to strip us. Most growth occurs in these moments. It's God's megaphone to get our attention. Are we allowing him to strip us of the things that truly don't allow us to become everything that he wants in our lives? Because we're in the middle of the hurt and the pain, forgiveness is possible. So I have to wait in the in-between But then his third point is simply this. It allows the old to birth the new. It allows the old to birth the new. John 12, 24, Jesus clearly says, unless a kernel of wheat falls and what? Dies. It remains a single seed. But if it dies, it produces what? Many seeds. When we allow him to do what he needs to do in that waiting moment, we die to whom? Myself. And then, what is birthed in me is the resurrection of Jesus and the character of Jesus and the spirit of the, of the Holy Spirit upon me that enables me to be the woman and the man that I always meant to be. Now, with that being said, let me tell you, that, as Paul Harvey said, the rest of the story. And for anybody that's under 40, you have no idea what I just said. We were trying to explain it to our kids. They were like, Well, I don't know what you're talking about. We knew a podcast, but Paul Harvey, who's that? God have mercy. Those four families left, reconciliation happened, a second team was birthed, and the gospel of Jesus spread and 12 house churches were planted as a result. Amen. Amen. The temptation is I don't need community, I can do it by myself, the hurt and pain is in the way. We're running away from community today folks simply because we've lost time. We've lost truth and we've lost trust because of the hurt in our lives. The key point is this, Jesus will redeem your pain, lean into him for healing and deliverance, amen? Now let me give you my second point as to why we do community, which I have preached many times. The second point is the church community is biblical. I read it in two of Acts chapter two, quickly just highlighting that. Here was a church that had no money Here's a church that had no building, had no seminaries, had no plan, they were mainly poor, and they changed the world. Oh yeah, by the way, on top of all of that, they were persecuted and they were actually killing them. How in the world are you gonna survive and change the world that way? That gives it to us right here, and it's called community. I wonder, even though it's uh, 2,000 years later, it's not like we practice it and do it the way they do, but the principles are applicable today, right? Quickly, what did they do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. In other words, they never lost truth and together they learned the word of God and truth was what was gonna anchor them, amen? We must anchor ourselves to truth whether we like it or whether it's convenient or whether it, it makes us feel good or not. We can hold on to that and know that it will enable us to grow in community. The second thing they did is they devoted themselves to fellowship and sharing of a meal. That develops what? Trust. What do we say over and over again here? We want you to be seen, heard, and valued. That only happens when we enter into one another's lives and messiness. We don't have to have all the answers. Sharing a meal together, sharing time together. Goes back to what are you gonna invest your time in? Are you gonna do it in community or do this this pursuit that the world tells us we need to do? Loving one another, even In my old church, I've had deaths that continue to happen. You're always kind of a pastor, even though you move from one church to the other because you love people, if that makes sense. And there have been so many people that have passed away in my other churches. Did I ignore them? No. Am I busy? Yes, but they value, do they not? To God and to everybody else. Not only did they do this, but they devoted themselves to prayer. That's where transformation occurs. Why do we pray on a Sunday morning? I think we sometimes miss the corporate prayer. The power of praying together with brothers and sisters changes everything. Here's the reality. Churches that pray together are churches that stay together. And churches that have a heart for the nations are churches that prayer is who they are. Let me give you three more things here that the early church did and they changed the world. They devoted themselves to believing God for miracles. Believing God for miracles. Do you know that God's doing miracles in our midst right here and right now? Are we believing him for it? Do you know that when anybody comes to Jesus Christ, either here or their closet or in their car or right here at the altar, that that's a miracle? When 25 people get out of their seats and flood the front of the church simply because they want life change, that's a miracle. Not only miracle of life change, but we've had people physically in the last months actually healed from pain to cancer. And we don't emphasize the miracles as the end goal. The miracles are only one purpose and that is to glorify God and for the saints to be encouraged that God is able. We're going to have to be a church that devotes ourselves to believe that God does miracles and we're not gonna be afraid of it. We're not putting God in a box. I will not be labeled one thing or the other, this denomination or that denomination. I will be a pastor that reads the Bible and the Word of God says this can happen. I'm gonna believe it regardless of what tradition anybody comes from. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? (laughs) Following the Word of God. The early church did it. And they also devoted, the last two, they devoted devoted themselves to sharing their resources. There was no need amongst them. That's so un-American. We actually read that passage and people say, oh, that's communism. I'm like, oh, my word. (laughs) Communism is forced, my friends. This is a choice. People gave up what they had to serve one another. You with me? And the church struggles, including KCC, because people won't even give one penny out of their pocket for the great commission of the church. One penny. Are you freaking serious? The way you spend your money shows what values to you and what do you trust. The early church trust him and they were poor. They gave out of their poverty. You remember Jesus talking about that? We won't give out of our surplus because we want more toys. I know, I'm stepping on toes and you've already shut me off, but so be it. Lastly, they worship together. Frequently, it says daily. And when we worship together like we're doing right now, what's happening is that we're experiencing a supernatural, amazing thing that happens inside of every single one of us. When God is glorified, it makes all the difference in the world. You need to understand what we experienced last week is not unique. It is all over the world. It's just that we're not seeing it in the states the way we should. You know that as we worship together, people have been praying for revival, and I'm here to make the declaration right here and right now. Friends, we are in the middle of a revival right now at KCC. We are. We're seeing God's pouring his, out, his spirit out upon us week in and week out. Life's changed. God glorified miracles. People hungry and desperate. If that isn't God, if that isn't a revival, I don't know what a revival is. It's only my desire as your pastor to come in and start believing it and start living it. God is waiting to say, is KCC really serious about it? Do they really want an outpouring continuously or do they just want a one and done? I think and I believe after two and a half years being here that those that are still here and those that are now coming, you desire and are desperate for more of God and to see him more, can I get an amen? And the result of this according to Acts chapter two was what, two things. They found favor in their greater community And the Lord added to their number what? Daily those being saved. God added to their number daily those being saved. I want those two results, anybody with me? I wanna find favor and I want God to add to our number those being saved. But we must make a choice today. Isolation or community. Loneliness or community. Cynicism or community. Lone Ranger mentality or community. You see what happens when we see the enemy um, hold us back. The reason why he holds us back is that then our spiritual gifts are not exercised. And the only way the church will be able to do what it needs to do is when everybody is exercising their gifts and their talents and their skills that God has given them, it's time for us to jump over the edge into the arm of God and be fully engaged with the body of Christ. Are you that desperate? Are you willing to go there and see Jesus's prayer in John 17 realized? The key point is simply this, What we can do together is greater than we can do by ourselves. I'll say it again. What we can do together is greater than we can ever do by ourselves. The day is coming where Lone Ranger Christianity will not not survive. We will strive to follow Jesus. We won't get it right every single time. We will extend grace where grace needs to be extended. We will love where love needs to be uh, manifest but we will keep on loving the Lord our God with all of our soul, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we will love the world and be the hands and feet of Jesus. That is KCC in a nutshell, to know him and to make him known. Does this make sense to anybody? Well, here's how we're going to close. It's gonna be a powerful moment. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm gonna ask Brandt to come on out and play. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to do the miraculous right now. You need to do that which we can't do. This is gonna be a holy, holy moment. And I'm praying that you would do what only you can do. So truly, truly take this moment and allow people to never uh, run away from it. I cover this place either online or in this place by the blood of Jesus and that there would be no distractions and people would be able to stay and engage at this moment. Here's what I'm calling you to do, look up this way. Unfortunately, the vast majority of us have experienced church hurt. And some of us are in denial, but the Holy Spirit's already brought to mind that you've you've not been fully engaged because of it. And it's somewhat of a roadblock for you. You need to step out and experience his healing reign. Some of you know about the hurt, And as a result, it's been really, really painful, and I'm not here to minimize your pain. The bigger the pain, the bigger my God. The more severe you feel, the more he will come through and do what he needs to do in your life. This is a a pivotal moment for our church, because the Holy Spirit is moving powerfully. But if we don't get past this thing called church hurt, we will always limp along. I'm so naive, whatever you want to call me, to believe that from my right in this gallery over here, here on the main floor, the gallery on the left, those of you in the balcony, and yes, those of you even online, that God at this very moment wants to declare healing in your life. I don't know if you heard me. Healing from whatever church hurt and experience you've had or hurt outside of the church, and as a result, you won't engage community. I know that sometimes God will give you a supernatural healing just like that. But for most, it will be the breakdown of a stronghold, and then the process of healing will begin. And it will be a day-to-day choice, and we're willing to come alongside you. In a moment, I'm gonna call you to action. I'm not here to woo you and to wow you. I'm here to call the church to action. Because the days declare it. To love one another and to be who we're supposed to be. I believe I serve a God. I believe it with everything I've got, I've experienced it. They can send us healing rain upon us. His healing rain. In a moment we're gonna be led by Joe in a song. Let me give you the lyrics and I'm gonna call you to response. Healing rain is coming down. Rich and poor, weak and strong. It brings mercy. Friends, it won't be long. Healing rain is coming down. It's coming closer to the lost and the found. Tears of joy and tears of shame are all washed forever in Jesus' name. Healing rain, it comes with fire. So let it fall and take us higher. Healing rain, I'm not afraid to be washed in heaven's rains. Lift your heads, church. Let us return to the mercy seat where time began. And in your eyes, I see pain. Come soak your dry heart with this healing rain. And only you, the son of man, can take a leper and let him stand. So let's lift our hands. They can be held by someone greater, the great I am. Healing rain is falling down. Healing rain is falling down. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. Healing rain is falling down. Healing rain is falling down. I will no longer be afraid. It is our time and it is our hour. I'm gonna ask you right now to stand with me. Stand with me in the name of Jesus. And here's what we're gonna do. I wonder who wants to step out out of their seat and as you step out of your seat, you're making that declaration, healing rain, give it to me. I'm tired of talking about the hurt. I'm tired of living with the hurt. It's been a partner with me for so many years. Enough is enough. I wanna be freed from it. Doesn't mean the challenge and the struggles go away, but I am free because of the victory and the resurrection of Jesus. In that moment, God can do what he needs to do. It's a journey I'm willing to go on. I know that there are so many of you that hear my voice, know exactly what I'm saying, and your heart is beating like crazy for whatever experience you've had. But what I also know, and I'm saying right now in the name of Jesus, some of you, the enemy's already throwing arrows at you. Do not move. Stay where you're at, you are okay. Do not listen to the lies from the enemy. It's time for the church to be the church. So I'm gonna ask my brother to lead us in this song and I'm gonna ask those who with me, willing to step out, either kneel or stand down here, and we will pray together at the end of the song, saying, Lord, send your healing wane on me. No more strongholds, no more bondage. I'm going to step out and be completely healed in Jesus' name, in the church and outside the hurts. Church, Joe, will you lead us? Church, who needs to step out and not be afraid? Come now as he sings, and we will pray together. There's so many of you. Church hurt is powerful. You can kneel. You can stand whatever you feel comfortable, but there should be many people responding because there's so many of you who've been held stronghold by this thing called hurt.
1: Healing rain is coming down. It's coming nearer to this old town. Rich and poor, weak and strong. It's bring mercy. It won't be long. Healing rain. Come on, church. It's coming down. It's coming closer to the lost and found. Tears of joy and tears of shame are washed forever in Jesus' name. The healing rain,
0: sing it out, church. Comes
1: with fire. Come on. To let it fall and take us high. And healing rain not afraid to be washed in heaven's rain.
0: There are more of you that need to respond. Your heart is beating. Now's the time.
1: Lift your head,
0: Fear not. Let us return
1: to the mercy which I in your eyes i see the pain comes on this dry heart with healing the and only you
0: only the son of man the son of man
1: can take the leper and let him. Lift your hands Someone The great I am Healing rain It comes
0: I'd like for you to do those of you that are here if you're able I want you to kneel if you're able and if you're not stay standing I want you to kneel right now if you are here up front and I want those of you who know what I'm talking about to start praying from where you're at because this is a holy moment let me say to those of you who are online maybe you listened in today by chance and you won't step a foot into a church anymore because of incredible pain in your life this is your time wherever you're at maybe it's in your bedroom Maybe it's in your front room. Maybe you said, I've had enough. I can never go back. This is your moment, and I'm asking you to engage those of our hosts online and allow them to come alongside you to truly experience the healing rain that God is giving us right now. So now, church, I'm going to ask you that those that feel comfortable to come and pray with these that are kneeling. Let's just have a time of praying together that God would bring his healing upon us. Are you with me, church? Don't leave me yet. Let's do this right now. Let's just start praying for God's healing rain in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, go ahead and start praying, church. Bring out, let him know what your hurt is. Give it to him. Release it now in Jesus' name. Stand against the strongholds of the enemy. Declare enough is enough to be God's man and to be God's woman, to be free in this moment. In this moment, Hear it, O so Lord. Send your healing rain. We are in desperation for you. Bring it to us, O oh God. Your church is in need. So much we need, and we need your touch. You're the only one that can do it. We come to you right now. Hear our cry. In Jesus' name, do it now. Do it now, O oh Father. Holy Spirit, have your way. Release it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray, is releasing upon you. Would you repeat after me? Say, I denounce. Say it again, I denounce. I denounce the hurt. I denounce the pain. In Jesus' name, I bind all hurt, all pain, all struggle every stronghold i bind you in jesus name i loose god's power god's love god's freedom i loose god's healing in jesus name hear our cry o oh father grant us your power now we are a desperate people with so much hurt and so much pain give us exactly what we need right now in jesus name Give us your freshness and your touch right now. We lift it up before you right now, Father. Grateful that you hear our cry. You hear our cry. Let's just sing that chorus again as we worship Brant. Just take your moment. I'm not rushing you, church. This is what church is. So let's focus in on him. Can you, those of you that are standing with me, can you just worship and pray for a few more minutes? This is the Holy Spirit's time. We yield it to him. So as the the team leads us, just take a moment before we dismiss that people truly can have this moment. Lead us, team. Church, let's worship him right now. Come on. There is work happening down here, folks. I feel the pain, and it's being released. Spiritually, the pain is being released, and healing is occurring. It's occurring right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We don't have to scream. We don't have to shout. At the name of Jesus, there he is, doing exactly what he promised us. May it be real in each and every life today. Thank you, Father.
1: I'll
0: do it a cappella.
1: Healing rain is falling down. Healing rain
0: is falling down. Come on, church, sing it out. We just ex- as we close this morning, I want you to know that we continue to see God do some unique things. It's rare that in a church that people are honest and vulnerable and authentic. It takes a lot of courage to step out and say, I'm not perfect. I need help. It's easy to say it in general. It's another thing to respond to a specific call, and everybody knows you're dealing with something I applaud every single individual because God honors that. If we're gonna change the world, it's gonna be a church that authentically is in pursuit after him, It's not worried about the clock, truly wants God to move, and then people that are seeking after him will know, whatever that is, that's what I want, because it's real and it's connecting me with the one who created me, and his name is Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen? Let me just say to those of you down here, if you need more time, please stay, because we want to engage with you, and we have the team up here to do exactly that. I know it's not a quick fix, but we are here to do that. For the rest of you, I'm going to give the benediction, and the the, the band will lead us out. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace until we meet again. And all God's people said, amen. Have a great week.